This is the Truth Podcast, where we question everything and no topic is off limits. I got it all covered. Discover the truths about topics you were never taught in school. Learn the uncomfortable and inconvenient truths about current events, geopolitics, culture, economics, and healthcare. You're now listening to the Truth Podcast. Question everything. And now your host, Richard. And welcome back to another episode of the Truth Podcast, Question Everything. My name is Richard. I am your host. It is Monday, December 23, 2019. We're only two days away from Christmas. Man, this year has gone by. This is part two of the two-part episode. What is Agenda 2030? Now, if you're listening to this podcast for the first time, I highly suggest that you listen to the previous podcast, which was just done last Monday, part one, what is Agenda 2030? And with that being said, let's get right on to where we left off. So what is Agenda 2030? We have all heard of Agenda 21, but the 2030 agenda isn't quite so familiar. Agenda 2030 emphasizes gender and racial equality eradication of poverty, the total abolition of violence and hate. It lays out that the future world is based entirely on these goals and that the only way to achieve these things is through sustainable development and control of climate change. Oh, and the planet will also be totally poverty-free by 2030 as well. So here are just a few pertinent points. It actually came into effect in January 2016. Its full title is, quote, Transforming Our World, the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development. The areas covered by the agenda are people, planet, prosperity, peace, and partnership. The 17 goals and the 169 targets of the agenda seek to build on the Millennium Development Goals and complete those that were not achieved. The declaration agreed upon at the United Nations meeting in New York has 53 points. Point two kind of sets the tone, quote, on behalf of the peoples we serve, we have adopted a historic decision on a comprehensive, far-reaching and people-centered set of universal and transformative goals and targets. We commit ourselves to working tirelessly for the full implementation of this agenda by 2030. End quote. Points 5, 18, and 28, and particularly point 29, are very interesting. Now, in theory, it's wonderful. Rainbows and unicorns for everyone. It's repetitive in the extreme, constantly pointing out the sanctity of sovereign nations and saying that these issues apply to every single person on the planet. So, how does the 2030 agenda morph into the arrival of a one-world government? Well, it's pretty simple. It is entirely impossible to achieve what they have laid out without a one world government or the new world order we have heard so much about over the last few years. This is what they are stating will be achieved by 2030 with all countries somehow miraculously retaining their own culture, resources, and economies. 
The total eradication of hunger across the planet, of race inequality, of poverty, of gender inequality, of war, of malaria and other mosquito-borne diseases across the planet, the total eradication of TB, a set standard of education for every child on the planet, clean water and sanitation for every person on the planet, a decent job for every worker on the planet, sustainable economic growth in every country on the planet, sustainable agriculture across the planet, sustainable livestock production across the planet, a reduction in natural resource use in every country on the planet, a reduction in greenhouse gas emissions in every industrialized nation on the planet, a reduction in flood and drought events in susceptible locations around the world. There are other odds and ends they have thrown in, but the bottom line is that they intend for all of these things to be done by the year 2030. That's less than 11 years away. I mean, really? Honestly? There are barely a half dozen countries on a planet that can engage in conversation without some disagreement. And they honestly expect us to believe that there will be enough international cooperation while retaining nation sovereignty to achieve even one goal on the list I just mentioned? I mean, is the Islamic State going to be our friends? Will India give water to Pakistan? Will North and South Korea kiss and make up? What about Iran? Will they just stop making nuclear bombs? Israel and Palestine, will they finally shake hands and sort out their differences? Yeah, right. I mean, achieving any of the goals that I just listed is impossible unless one single government calls the shots and enforces conditions whereby the goals become achievable. That means the removal of sovereign status for individual nations. It means one giant money pot made up of cash from every nation that has the cash to finance these initiatives. I mean, really, globalism has taken on a new meaning. So who are the big people that are promoting this? When Agenda 2030 was adopted, at the 70th Annual UN General Assembly Confab in New York, back in September 25 of 2015, the UN plot to re-engineer civilization was ushered in a thunderous standing ovation. Every one of the 193 UN member governments on the planet, from murderous communist and Islamic dictatorships to those ruling what remains of the free world, vowed to help impose the UN's controversial goals on their subjects. It all sounded so wonderful to some of the world's most brutal dictators that they could hardly contain their glee. Quote, this agenda promises a brave new world, a new world which we have to consciously construct, a new world that calls for the creation of a new global citizen. And that was from Robert Mugabe, the genocidal mass murdering enslaving Zimbabwe, who also serves as the chairman of the African Union before he passed away. Quote, I want to believe that we are up to the task that we have voluntarily and collectively committed ourselves to. Our success, and in particular the promise of a new world that awaits us, depends upon this commitment." Unquote. He also promised to vigorously impose the UN Agenda 2030 on the starving and impoverished victims his regime lords over with Agenda 2030 style policies. The communist Castro regime vowed to work with socialists Venezuelan strongman Nicolas Maduro and other tyrants to impose the UN's goals on their victims too, all with financing from Western taxpayers. 
The brutal tyrants ruling communist China, meanwhile, have all been enthusiastic cheerleaders for the UN's goals. Goals that the regime boasted it play a crucial role in developing. The Chinese autocracy, infamous for forced abortions, censorship, religious and political persecution, the one-child policy, terrible pollution, kangaroo courts, and of course, murdering more human beings than any other entity in all of human history, used its vast global propaganda machine to celebrate Agenda 2030. Quote, China has made important contributions to the global efforts in reaching a fair, inclusive, and sustainable post-2015 development agenda, unquote. That was from Wang Min, a deputy permanent representative to the UN. China is also very active in putting forward Chinese proposals. The agreement includes important proposals by China and many other developing countries in numerous aspects. Among other commitments, China promised to spend $2 billion in foreign countries to meet the UN's goals in education and health, with its funding increasing to $12 billion by 2030. While only contributing a small piece of the pie, the fact that Beijing is so excited about the agenda is quite revealing. Echoing Chairman Mao's rhetoric, UN and NATO globalist Javier Solanda said, and I quote, with a sustained commitment from all countries, develop and developing alike, the world can ensure that it celebrates another leap forward in 2030, end quote. The last great leap forward, presided over by Chairman Mao Tse's son between 1958 and 1963, and that resulted in the murder of an estimated 45 million Chinese who were worked, starved, or beaten to death. Now back at the time, the Obama administration which apparently did not plan to present the UN scheme to the US Senate for ratification as required by the US Constitution, also offered a forceful defense of the UN agenda. Speaking to the UN General Assembly on September 27, 2015, after purporting to commit the United States to the global plot, Obama claimed the UN blueprint is, quote, one of the smartest investments we can make in our own future, unquote. Even the world's leading religious figure, Pope Francis, addressed UN member governments with a plea to support the UN goals. Quote, the adoption of the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development is an important sign of hope, he declared, before demanding a UN climate regime as well. Beyond governments and religious figures, much of the private sector also enthusiastically backed the new goals. Among the megacorporations backing the scheme, are the world's top three search engines, Google, Microsoft's Bing, and Yahoo. It was not immediately clear whether those corporations' support for the UN agenda would affect the supposed impartiality of search results, but critics of the UN plan expressed alarm nonetheless. For now, at least, the world and the White House are all pretending that the SDGs are binding on Americans too. However, the U.S. Senate was not consulted, as the Constitution requires for all treaties. And even if the Senate were to ratify it, the federal government cannot grant itself new anti-constitutional powers merely by approving a treaty. Therefore, the agreement has no force in the United States. But, as UN Agenda 21 showed clearly, that does not mean the Trump administration and possible future presidents will not attempt to push it forward anyway. The American people, therefore, 
must demand through their elected representatives that the UN power grab must be stopped. Guys, I thank you for listening to part two of What is Agenda 2030? I want to take this time to thank those that have subscribed to the Truth Podcast, either via video or via audio, and I very much appreciate you taking out the time to listen to the truth. I hope you enjoy the rest of your week. I hope you enjoy the rest of your Monday. And of course, I wish you and yours a very Merry Christmas. And I will catch you right back here next week on the Truth Podcast, where we question everything. Take care. God bless. Bye-bye.